Hi, and welcome to the Get Known Podcast. I'm Steve Lee. For those of you new to the Get Known Podcast, we interview journalists about their work and what they cover so that companies can know better how to engage with the press and get their company covered in the media. Our big goal is to make sure that companies out there who are reaching out to the press build the right relationships, pitch the right ideas, and understand better what wastes journalists' time and what wastes their time. Here in dark and wet Helsinki, many of you were lucky enough to join us for the return of Slush, the world's leading startup event. Unfortunately, I was unable to make it, but my colleague, the amazing Reta Illo, was there and had a chance to catch up with a few journalists, including Mimi Billing from Sifted. We spoke with Sifted a few years ago, and it has really grown into a powerhouse covering the startup and tech industry. Mimi is actually originally from Sweden, and she has lots of interesting observations about how PR and media are done in different countries. She and Wright to cover a whole range of topics from working with editors to advice about staying mysterious with the cool stuff that your company is working on. So now, without further ado, I'll pass it off to Reta from the floor of Slush 2021. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning. How are you doing? Second day at Slush. Yeah, I'm I'm good actually. It feels great to be here, and so many people in my network who are here. So it's uh, it's it's actually fabulous. Great, great. Good to have you here. So actually, before we we get to the actual beef of of the day, you and I were just discussing about sifted the media and what the name means and Mm. and everything it's hard for us nordics to pronounce the name correct so tell us a bit about sifted both the name and what do you guys do at at that media yeah no i think many people have said shifted uh (laughs) and so on yeah no (laughs) and uh no so it's called sifted uh sifted.eu and it's um well, it's a European tech site that actually, I mean, it covers the whole of Europe and it's both like startups, but also new technology and a little bit of, you know, how big corporations also work with startups. And why it's called Sifted, it's like, uh, if for people who don't un- understand the word, it's actually, uh, think if you're gonna like put um, flour in a, in a sauce or something, you use a colander to not make it like lumps in it. So you can say like you sift through it. So you, we sift through the material to give give our members and readers the best materials happening in Europe. Wow, that's so interesting and totally new information <laughs> at least for me. So thank you for that. So we want to know more about Mimi. So tell us a bit about yourself and how did you get into journalism? Well, uh, I live in Stockholm in Sweden, and uh, but I also lived in London for ten years doing other things. I was a management consultant at Accenture for a while and so on. And then I decided that I wanted to move back to Sweden. So I moved back and uh, went to Israel for a trip with my friends who were journalists. And I was already by then turning 30. So I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I probably already had a BA in business and uh, an MA in politics. So I was like, well, I probably can't do anything else. And they're like, well, why don't you become a journalist? And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should. So uh, I went on uh, this um, kind of an AMA of journalism and 
became a journalist and that's how I got into it. And then I was working for like Swedish radio, Swedish television and uh, lots of other places because it's really hard to get like a, a proper job in journalism in Sweden. <laughs> you know, so people just kick you out after six months because it's like this kind of regulation. And then I got a call from um, a guy called Victor who had started DI Digital, who was, uh, which was this kind of tech for startup, well, tech startups media site within Dagens Industry, which is like the biggest uh, Nordic um, kind of business daily. Um, in, yeah, so uh, then, well, I started there in 2015, and uh, that's when I also I, I didn't even know what the kind of VC capital was even. I mean, I've I've heard about like because big VC companies, not the ones actually doing startups, but doing like I don't know care companies and all that stuff, and uh, so uh, it was quite interesting and a really kind of um, uh, well a journey to learn it all. But it was like back in 2015, obviously, a long time ago. Right, right. So tell us a bit about what is your beat? And, you know, you kind of already told that Sifted is, is really about like getting the best out of the best. But uh, tell a bit about yourself. What kind of stories are you interested mm. in and what industries? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the Nordic correspondent. So I cover the Nordics, so it's everything from like fintech, health tech, um, edtech, anything that has to do with like the greatest uh, startups in, um, in 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 the Nordics. But but also it's like it's it's hard because we we're trying obviously not every story is like the small stories can be really nice. The small companies is coming up. Unfortunately, if it's going to be for European market, that's going to be harder to to write about. Even if I. I might like to write about the small ones that's coming up. Uh, so my beat is, I mean, health tech is one of them. So I'm also covering the European health tech uh, together with my co- one colleague. And um, but I do, I mean, I do like like everyone right now likes to write about sustainability, uh, to write about like new technology, new solutions. I'm just about to write a piece on. Uh, the next generation of nuclear power startups. I think that's uh, really interesting because it's in a space that no one has actually touched for the last like 30 years. So, you know, now it's coming again. We can actually talk about it and we can be positive about nuclear energy as the kind of maybe the only sustainable source of energy to actually take us into the future. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so a bit about that, um, your favorite story, uh, what can you name one or, or couple that would have been your, your favorite ones that you have covered, let's say in the past year? Mm. In the past year, well actually I've been on maternity leave for like nine months in the past year, so <laughs> well, there hasn't been much, many, many stories covered there, but I, I think that, I mean it's really hard because almost every story, when I do speak to a founder, if he or she has a great story to tell, that will be my favorite story for that month. I mean, you see what I mean? So it's um, like just here at Slush, I met up with like Flowrite uh, the other day, a small startup. It started for like a year ago, to, you know, and it's really kind of blows your mind every time you talk to someone who's actually done something originally and like or original. And uh, uh, so I can't really tell us one 
in particular. But I do like also the the one the stories that goes a little bit deeper. Uh, that maybe also needs a little bit more work from me uh, to actually find different sources, um, different people in different kind of maybe both startups, both um, VCs and experts. I think that's the stories that I like the most. Right, and uh, I I do agree. Like it's so easy to get inspired mm. yourself when you speak to people who are very passionate uh, and inspirational about what they do, and and events like Slush and and other tech events are are great for for us to also get inspired in mm. our work, uh, for sure. So you already kind of mentioned that you like to dig a bit deeper. Um, so tell us a bit about your editorial process and and how it is to work with editors at your publication. Um, editors are very hard, <laughs> but it's good. It's really good. Uh, I think um, you know when people pitch me a story, I sometimes like, can say yes or no straight away. Other times I think like, well, maybe this is a story we can do. So then I have to pitch it to my editors. I have like three of them. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of interesting because I don't think always that um, people who are getting in touch with me actually under understands that I have to then pitch it to my bosses to be able to write the story. So it's not always me just saying, no, can't, don't want to do it, but it's actually about um, having a story that's also going to be read by people. So you can write a story about some founding around for a small startup in Sweden, Denmark and Stockholm, and or Sweden, Denmark, uh, Finland, Iceland, but no one's going to read it. And then what's the point really? Then it's, it's perhaps better for the startup to go to a local paper instead. Yeah, exactly. And would you say that it's not always even that, you know, we are saying permanently no, but maybe right now you have something else, like a big story you're working on, or your editors are right now looking into something else, but it doesn't mean that the company can't try again later on. Yeah, no, I always tell people to, no, keep keep in touch. I mean, tell me what's going on. And also, I think uh, it's interesting with different markets. I mean, for for the UK, I mean, we have the yeah, PR people contacting me almost all the time. But for Sweden, it's mainly it has been until now. It's changing, but the companies themselves. So it's uh, it's interesting how all the different countries are working so differently um, with PR and and how and what they're paying for and what's what's it worth and so on right that's actually super interesting could you elaborate a bit like both maybe from the ways of working with journalists mm. differences between the nordic countries but also maybe uh can you see like bigger trends coming from different markets like from uh uh, Sweden or Finland, like comparison a bit, because we we Nordics we love to compare <laughs> each other. So yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, well, I think for like a few years ago, the startups were mainly reaching out to. I mean, at least media in Sweden, it wasn't PR people doing it, but in the UK, it was always the PR people. And I mean, even I even if the Swedish people working in a UK PR firm. They are the ones like if they want well one wanted to take me to Iceland and they kind of set up a schedule for me to meet all these kind of startups and I was like 
well, why why do you do that? I, I, I'll fund these startups. You don't have to do it for me. So, I mean, I think that's very interesting is to see how maybe like journalists in the UK get things actually a bit more on a plate <laughs> where in Sweden we do expect ourselves like a journalist to do the kind of research and actually find the companies ourselves so and also in in Sweden usually Swedish media doesn't really like PR because it's like well no the company should get in touch whilst in other places it's like it's fine so now I'm um, I do have the companies, but I also have like PR people like, hey, have you heard about, um, okay, this is not an example, but have you heard about Klarna? You know, they're in Sweden, it's a big fintech. It's like, yes, I have been writing about them since <laughs> 2015. But you see what I mean? It's, um, it, it, you know, it's, um, it's interesting how it differs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and completely understandable. I guess the work for PR people is is maybe more in helping. At least uh, I have most experience in working with Finnish companies and, and maybe some Baltic companies. Is that they are so tech oriented, and they are the stereotypical, you know, Nordic engineer who understands everything about the technology, but doesn't maybe know how to say things so that it's it's more interesting and maybe appealing to, mm. to wider audience um, so so for sure I, I think um, there's this role for for everyone of maybe. course I mean I I feel like I have great um, uh, relationships with lots of PR firms now because they usually also know exactly what we want I mean when they get to know us not not all of them <laughs> but some of them really knows what we want so they can so, so you don't have to deal with hundreds of PR firms. You don't have to deal with like hundreds and thousands of different like pitches. I mean, we we do get so many emails. So it's really hard to even like to sift through those. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, well, speaking of pitching, uh, please tell us a bit. Can you say what has been the best pitch you have ever received? Or one example of a good pitch. Um, wow, that's really hard. It, yeah, I think actually, I think I got a good pitch the other day from a company, um, but I probably can't talk about that one actually. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but um, I, I would say that there are lots of uh, nice pitches, but what's the key in in them is that they carrying something that's very um, that stands out like they come up with some technology that's really interesting they have good names behind them which is important usually um, even if they haven't like uh, launched they still need good names just to be able to to <laughs> this is strange because it's not the good names themselves it's actually just showing that the company uh, that people believe in the company and therefore now when it's like more and more angels coming in, more and more uh, VC capital, all of a sudden it's like, well, who should we trust that this company is a good one? And also for, for startups, it's important for them to have investors that know what they're doing, right? So I think that's, uh, so usually when it's like uh, a, a, great, a great backer, uh, a great idea, and 
a very like interesting um, founder. I think that's probably the great pitches. Right. Um, speaking of, of VC funding and angel funding, mm-hmm. exactly what, what you said is that there's so many players in the field right now and companies are raising more and more. We see in the mm-hmm. headlines, it says like company X raised 10 million euros in seed funding. <laughs> so it, it's really gotten like, yeah. I, I don't want to say out of control, but definitely the rounds have are getting bigger and companies are raising money quite easily now that there's more capital flowing in the market. Um, so do you have any, what is your view about that? Is it like a, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? And uh, what is your threshold kind of like under which you, you don't yeah. do news if they haven't raised funding? Or But th- this is interesting because it's been talked about this bubble for ages. Right, it started. I think already in like 2017, people were talking about the bubble, and now four years later, people have stopped talking about it. And I don't think it's a bubble as such. I think it's all of a sudden maybe these companies, um, or maybe what can you say, society or different actors actually put a value on this company that they haven't done before. So the seed rounds, I mean, because they believe in these companies, they believe that they can actually become big because the market is more mature now than it was four years ago, five years ago. So for me, it's not a problem that the, the seed rounds are getting bigger because then in Europe, at least, we are closing in on the American <laughs> kind of uh, VC uh, scene, which is even more, you know, which is even crazier you know, if you compare it in, in sums of money. Um, so I, I think that's fine. Uh, but uh, back to your question, which was? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such an interesting topic. I was just thinking, like, does, do you, as a, as a journalist, have kind of like a threshold, like, okay, you need to have raised, like, three million yeah. euros before I'll, I'll do your story or, or Yeah, no, like you could that. say that. Um, you could say that. I mean, there was a startup that raised around 4 million euros, and I did really want to write about them anyway, but uh, I got the news too late um, because I didn't think we would even touch it because it's so small. Uh, and I, I think that's fine. But usually, if it's an all, well, kind of interesting company, we still have a threshold around 10 million euros. I mean, that's 10 million euros. I remember when I started in 2015 in Sweden, in Sweden, it's much less, obviously. But then we had like one million euros as a threshold, and now it's like whew, it's gone up so much. Um, so I, I, I even turned down a company on news yesterday, kind of last week, when it was like twenty million euros because it wasn't really an interesting company. I mean, so it doesn't always matter, but it obviously helps if it's a big round. Right. Yes. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's really about the company and if what they do is really unique and interesting and something new. Uh, but but that's that's good to know. Yeah. And also, I mean, because there are, I was thinking about that because it's another like a, it's so many. I, I've seen so many of these now. Like the kind of car, not rental, but but sell and buy cars online. Like even if it's like EV cars or if it's something else. I mean, those kind of startups. There are startups in the UK that are really big. There are startups in Sweden. There are startups doing the similar things everywhere in Europe. So why 
is your company the one that we're gonna like write about and put up there if you have like a much bigger one in the UK than you have in Sweden I mean do you see what I mean that's the kind of uh, uh, difficulty for, for sure um, then one a bit more uh, maybe uh, outside the box question so you know the the memes uh, where there's like what my mom thinks I do, what my friends think I do, <laughs> what the society thinks I do, what the startups think I do. What does a journalist actually do? <laughs> well, I mean, my mom was asking me that just for, for a few months back, like, so do you work for Financial Times? And I was like, no, mom, I don't. I work for Sifted. So I, I realized that that thing about my parents don't even know what I do. <laughs> Yeah, here, here they haven't known for ten years what I exactly do. So I mean, well, I mean, I think everyone knows what a journalist does, right? So that's that's nothing strange about that. We write stories, we we kind of moderate events, we uh, mingle and talk to talk to other, well, talk to companies, and I mean that's the kind of main thing that I do anyway, and uh, you know. Um, so I think that's pretty easy in some yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, if we're closing to, to the end, so if people need to remember one thing from this interview, uh, what would it be like? What would you say for, for Nordic companies who are right now thinking like, you know, would really like to get Mimi to cover us? Like, what would be one kind of piece of advice you could give for them when they reach out? Well, I, I think actually the piece of advice to most startups when they're at an early stage is like, don't worry so much about media. I mean, if you want to recruit, try to do that in other ways. Um, because if you just want to be shown, seen in media to, I mean, what are you trying to do? You have to have a focus, right? So do you want to sell what you're doing? I mean, do you want to sell the idea to VCs or do you want to recruit? I mean, there's all these kind of things, right? So the reasons why you want to be seen in media. But if you just like, really just think about it, do you actually need to have that kind of cover right now? Or do you just need to focus on your startup? And I think sometimes just because other startups are seen in media, it becomes really important for everyone to be seen. But sometimes I think it's just more important to kind of work on your network yourself and actually try to recruit and do other things apart aside from media <laughs> which is like maybe a weird uh, thing to say as a journalist but I, I think sometimes people are too uh, want to be seen too much and uh, maybe it's better to just be a little bit um, um, what can you say a bit secret almost make create something around it like he was doing that it was someone who's like well uh, Arc Capital, for example, yes, it came out. But the founders had like on LinkedIn, like to be announced, you know, and that kind of thing is is makes it interesting. And then journalists feel like, can I be the first? Can I be the one who gets this exclusive? I mean, that's that's something startups can think about. Right. So so kind of to summarize, like concentrate on what you do like your core business and and like maybe even have this little like uh 
mystique around you and and so on and only once you are really making it big or making like change you know maybe the journalist will come to you instead of you offering your story to them all the time yeah or you you can obviously get in touch with like we're working on something that's not really ready yet and we're not we can't talk too much about it but we have some really interesting people and we're doing i mean something like that but maybe we can get in touch again in like six months or so i mean it's always good to keep in touch with journalists but you just don't have to sell yourself so much maybe right right i think that's a great piece of advice um so finally what is the best way to reach out to you is it by email or, or linkedin or do you like stop Mimi on the on the corridors of Slush and <laughs> I, I do actually like to meet in, real, in person but I, I know it's really hard now so I mean LinkedIn and Twitter is probably the best way to actually get my attention because usually in my mailbox it just uh, it's just so much there so start off with a LinkedIn message and then uh, send me an email and we can take it from there I think. awesome hey Mimi Billing from Sifted Thank you so much for doing this interview for Get Known and all the best. Have fun at Slush. Thank you. This has been the Get Known Podcast. The Get Known Podcast is produced by San Francisco Agency located in beautiful but dark in November Helsinki, Finland. To hear more interviews with journalists and PR professionals, please subscribe to the Get Known Podcast feed. You can share your comments or questions directly to me or Reita Illo by connecting with us on LinkedIn or sending an email to getknown, all one word, at sanfrancisco.fi. Looking forward to hearing from you. See you next time.